Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. All right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are doing another of our Missing Pieces series where we are filling the time being stuck at home by looking back at some slightly older movies. Not not old, old classics, but movies from like the last 20, 30 years. And uh, giving them the old puzzle pieces treatment that we usually do with brand new theatrical releases. And today, uh, my guest is The Lady One from the Screen Fix podcast, another excellent movie podcast that you should all check out. Uh, and as I always do, I have my guest bring the movie when it comes to these missing pieces. And she suggested the 2004 Zach Braff movie, Garden State. I was really intrigued when she brought this one up because this is a movie that at the time when it came out in 2004, it was like... It was so much a, a product of the moment, and I mean, first of all, the soundtrack is incredible, and we'll get into that in the conversation, and it was it was such a big moment in music, that soundtrack, but this movie, uh, I, I, I fell for it. I loved it at the time, and I, a lot of people did, and it has so completely fallen out of favor, and we, again, we will talk about that as we get into this conversation, uh, but yeah, this is a interesting movie because of the way that it was something that people really did love at the time, and now everybody loves to talk shit about it, so we uh, both really enjoyed it, though, and we are going to talk some inspirations and do the whole puzzle pieces thing on Garden State, so... I do want to remind you to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, where they're doing a really great uh, promotion right now. For every review left for any podcast on Podchaser, uh, they're going to donate 25 cents to Meals on Wheels. So you can let us know what you think of the show, and you're basically donating money to a great cause. So... Go review us on Podchaser. That would be awesome. You can also uh, join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversations about all these movies we talk about on the show. So without any further ado, let's get into this conversation about Garden State. All right. So back on the show with us today, we have got the Lady One. How's it going, Lady One? Hi, so excited to be talking to someone else. <laughs> I'm so alone. I, I, uh, I, I've seen on Twitter, I was going to ask you, I've seen on Twitter, I know you're not exactly enjoying this whole situation. Are you, are you hanging in there? I'm, I'm managing. Movies yeah. help yeah, so much. Yeah, they sure do. They sure do. I, this morning I watched two. 
Uh, one mm. of them was bloodshot, and that did not help at all. Oh, no. That, <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, that didn't help. But uh, <laughs> but watching good movies helps, and yes. doing podcasts about them helps. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so today we're going to continue our Missing Pieces series, and uh, we are looking at a movie that you picked that I thought was a really <laughs> interesting pick for us to talk about. It is 2004's Garden State. So right off the bat, what made you want to pick this one? I picked this movie because I am personally very, very connected to this movie. I saw it at just the right time for it to mm. like hit every note for me. And since I saw it, I was 18 when it came out. Um, since then, I've become... This is going to sound so gross, but whatever, I have a podcast. I've become much more of a cinephile and become like mm. better versed in in movies. Mm -hmm. And um, people who love movies hate this movie. <laughs> they sure and do. so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't let that one go. I feel like it's it's worth talking about because I love movies and I love this movie and I, I, ugh, a lot of people I, hate it. I agree. I agree with you. <laughs> I, 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 th this movie, so I was, uh, I would have been 24 at the time. And I also like, it was like just before I really started to get into cinema, you know, mm. and, uh, <laughs> and, but, but it was actually at a point in my life when, uh, I actually used to work for Sony Music. I was a uh, a marketing rep for bands, and mm -hmm. this was one of the the soundtrack to this was one of the albums that we pushed when it came oh, out. And it. so this was <laughs> such a big deal for us because it was it was such a you know a launching pad for so much great music, and mm -hmm. it was I mean. You know, now, you know, people will roll their eyes and whatnot at not only this movie, but just, you know, <laughs> quote unquote indie music in general. And yeah. like, and, and, but it was such a thing at that mm -hmm. time. And so this movie and especially its soundtrack are just so kind of ingrained for me, you know. So yeah. I, I do have fond memories of this movie. I don't think I've watched it in many years. I, of course, saw it when it first came out. I think I saw it once or twice since then, but it's been a long time. And I, I've always still listened to the soundtrack though. I never let people's, uh, you know, snarkiness get better <laughs> me in, that, in that department. It's a great soundtrack. Uh, but I was really glad to finally get a chance to actually revisit the movie and see if it mm -hmm. like kind of held up for me. How often are you returning to Garden State? So when it first came out, I saw it in the theater probably three or four times. Mm -hmm. um, I was broke. Like I was 18, freshman in college, had spent all my graduation money in the summer on mm -hmm. uh, delivery food. So <laughs> I was broke and I was still like scraping together money so I could keep going to see this movie in the theater. Oh, I yeah. used to constantly refresh Zach Braff's blog, waiting for new posts about it, even though uh -huh. it had come out and it was just out there now. Um, listen to the soundtrack constantly and bought the DVD, watched it a ton for probably like two or three years. And then I just sort of put it away mm -hmm. and I walked away from the movie and I was like, I think I want to let it just live back then. And I really didn't watch it for probably 10 years. Yeah. Like for it to be my absolute favorite movie, um, Sam's like original moment speech was literally my voicemail when you called me. I was that nice. girl who was like, leave your original moment at the beep. Like <laughs> ugh, that, that was me. And then I just, separated i was like i think it won't work for me anymore and i i walked away from it and so i had to come back to it like probably about a year ago i was like i think i need to see what happened 
And I I watched it again and watched it totally with a different perspective, you know, being that that far removed from it. But it's still it is just nostalgia for me. I can like. I still know all the moments that totally wrecked me when I first was watching it. And it doesn't go away completely while I like know a lot more about how the movie was made and we'll get into all the puzzle pieces that inspired it. Mm. Um, yeah, still, I still love it. I, I, it will never not be that first movie for me that was like connecting on an emotional level of like, I have feelings that are happening in the movie and not like Disney movies where like a parent dies, like real feelings. That was the first movie for me that really did that. Hell yeah. Well, why don't we get into some puzzle pieces? What do you got for your first puzzle piece for Garden State? I think I have the obvious puzzle piece. You literally can't talk about this movie without talking about The Graduate. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't seen The Graduate until this weekend. Nice. <laughs> like I knew, <laughs> I always knew it was like a big part of this movie. Sure. Um, so I had to had to get into it. And um, that's that's my first piece for sure. I mean, the opening scene on the airplane, the captain's voiceover, the Simon and Garfunkel of it all. Like, there's there's a lot there. I feel like that sc- whole scuba suit scene mm-hmm. is like echoes like the well, it goes the other way around. The knight armor, just like randomly, like why is this person dressed like this? It's like a weird sure. moment in it. Um, so yeah, like I totally see how that was an inspiration for him. Um, gotta say though, not having seen the graduate until I was in my early thirties and divorced, I'm like, man, I feel for Mrs. Robinson and I don't care about Benjamin <laughs> like at all. He's the worst. Yeah. It opens up a whole new uh, layer uh-huh. to that. Huh? That's, that's cool. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I, I haven't seen it in a long time, but yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it, it's totally like cut from that cloth and like, it's just, it's that kind of a thing. It's that kind of a character and yeah. that kind of a story for that guy, you know? Um, so yeah, I think that's absolutely a great piece to, uh, to jump off with. And, uh, I'll go into another piece. This was the first one that kind of came to mind as I was rewatching it. Uh, it was Dazed and Confused, um, because I just think it kind of just captures a very specific moment for a certain generation of young people, you Mm -hmm. know? And, uh, something about watching this movie, you know, it kind of, it brought me back to, you know, my early twenties of hanging out and what it was like, just kind of just hanging out with people, (laughs) you know, and what that, what that time was like at specifically in the early two thousands and what, what, uh, what the music was, what the, the party scene was, what the, all, all of those things, drinking and drugs and all that. Like it was just basically like a a kind of a time capsule. And that's kind of how I look at a movie like Days and Confused. Yeah, definitely. That, that's and, a good one. Yeah, I, I think it's like that movie, and that has come up as a puzzle piece before uh, whenever it's like one of these kind of like slice of life, like, uh, you know, l- looking at the way young people, you know, lived at a certain specific time, whether whether it happens to be now or whether it happens to be some kind of a period thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting piece too because, you know, when I saw that movie, that's just kind of what, my life was sort of like so I don't think of it that way but that's (laughs) not what my life is like anymore and that's not what you know early 20s somethings that's not what their lives are like either it's just it's very different now totally totally all right well what do you got for your uh, next piece I got I got more of the the obvious pieces I have Harold and Maude cool um 
again, hadn't seen it until I was getting ready for this because these are all things that like, I was that girl. I listened to the whole movie commentary over and over, read every article about this movie, needed to know everything he thought about when making it. And, um, you know, he cited that as an inspiration for him. He said he sent the Harold and Maude like DVD to Natalie Portman before they filmed the movie. And particularly the scene where Sam is like, bringing large into her bedroom and she's just like endlessly chatty and optimistic and has all this clutter around her but everything is particular and means this that or the other and she cannot stop talking sure she's just so mod mm-hmm. <laughs> no totally and it, it, it's funny because you know i i'm pretty sure this was his first time out as a writer and director mm-hmm. um yeah and so it's funny to like aim that high with your debut you know yeah. but it's like but like i mean he definitely swung for the fences with this movie and you know that's one thing about i you know i'm sure when it comes to the people who uh you know speak poorly of this one it's like you know th- this guy really did kind of go for a feeling and he really mm-hmm. i think he nails it quite frankly totally. and it's like you know whether whether uh, maybe our generation is a little bit uh, cringy at times, maybe you know, or something. I don't know, yeah. but like, but but I mean, he is capturing it though in su- in such a way, just Completely. like just like in that, just like in Out of the Mod. Yeah, he had something very very specific he wanted to achieve with this movie, and I mean, he he pulled it off, and maybe that's kind of why people are a little mad at it is because. Mm-hmm. He, he did it right. Like it's it's there. If you break the movie down beyond like tropes that might have inspired and like the the whole wild concept to me of winning a Grammy for basically putting together a mixtape, right. like beyond <laughs> all of that, like technically this movie is incredibly well done. The sure. way the colors change throughout the movie as he's like growing as a person and becoming like this lame as it sounds more alive, like the colored palette shifts, everything changes the way it's shot, like from more like single shots on his character to like everything is technically there that makes it work. And I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of hate for this movie just because it it is actually good. <laughs> Speaking of tropes, did the Manic Pixie Dream Girl come from this? So Sam is always an example of that, but the term came from a movie review of, of Elizabeth Town. Oh, okay. With Kirsten Dunst's character, which was a couple years later. Or actually, maybe it was just one year later. Mm-hmm. I think it was only one year later. I think it was 2005 because I saw Elizabeth Town in the theater too because the trailer, like it's Cameron Crowe's mixtape instead of Zach Braff's sure. mixtape. It's like a little Absolutely. cooler. Um, <laughs> but like the trailer is like, you're if you like Garden State, you're going to love this. Like that's all the subtext of that trailer. And I went and saw mm-hmm. that movie and I was like, oh, it's like Garden State if I didn't care. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. the review where that that term came from. But Sam is, yeah, she's a manic pixie dream girl for sure. <laughs> well, just a little bit, but yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, well, speaking of mixtapes, um, I'm gonna go to my next puzzle piece, and it really mostly has to do with the soundtrack. Um, yeah. so there's a lot of soundtracks you could point to that are just great collections of music, but Mm -hmm. this one is a great collection of music that really captures what was, you know, 
in at the very moment as far as like what hip music was or what was about to break out and become very popular music. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking of a lot of movies that maybe on the surface, well, some of them are very memorable, but mostly it was the soundtracks and it was mostly in the world of hip hop where in the 90s, the late 90s, you would get these soundtracks that were almost more popular than the movie itself. Mm -hmm. uh, a few examples, there was uh, like Above the Rim, Rhyme and Reason, Bullworth, uh, Friday, which of course the movie itself is incredibly amazing. But, uh, <laughs> you know, th there are just some examples where it, it kind of uh, set the tone for what the music for the next year or two was going to be, what the what the yeah. most popular music was going to be. And the soundtracks were not just great collections of music, but like really rose above. And like there was just, it they were just inspired choices, what, what the creator of the soundtrack was putting together. And so uh, I, I thought of just those, those kind of rap soundtracks of the late 90s that really just kind of set the moment and like really kind of uh, predicted what was going to be popular for the next couple of years ahead of each, each one of these little eras of, of music. Yeah. That's a very cool way of looking at it. Yeah. That makes garden state even cooler right now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Zach Braff is a, a cool dude, I guess. <laughs> so uh, what do you have for your next one? All right, I have another one. Again, all of mine are not as cool as yours. Mine are also obvious. Um, is You're killing Annie it Hall. so far. Um, <laughs> Annie Hall's a great puzzle piece. Particularly, I just, I literally watched Annie Hall last night. So the scene where, from the start, when they first meet, the way like Annie is so awkward and trying to get him to like go with her, like not it's not as forceful as the way Sam is where she's like, this is the part where you ask me if they'd like a ride home. Like mm -hmm. it's not quite that, but it's, it's an, a version of that. And when they go to her apartment and the way Annie is telling the story about like Grammy Hall's like sister's brother. And then she just sort of trails off and it like, it gets all tragic at the end. It's just so the same way Sam is in the waiting room and talking about her cousin, Jake Ryan winners. And it's just sad because there's not a lot of work for little people. And it just like shifts the whole tone. You're like, man, this girl is weird and like doesn't know how weird she is. And it's, right. it's the same kind of vibe. Um, it's it's so charming. It's, yeah, it's not a bad not a bad way to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, I think I'm noticing also a little bit I you know, maybe hadn't a hundred percent thought of it beforehand, but just with the pieces you're bringing up, the graduate Harold Amon and Annie Hall so far, I mean, that <laughs> is a, like, again, I said this earlier, but man, what a high bar to set for yourself, yeah. you know, as a first time <laughs> filmmaker, but he clearly is going for it with those particular influences. I think they're all yeah. like perfectly spot on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he aimed really, really high. He sure did. <laughs> Sweet. Well, uh, I will go to another piece. Uh, I guess we'll we'll keep the bar pretty high with American Beauty. Um, <laughs> so I thought of that as a uh, another puzzle piece because I mean, you know, th this is a movie, uh, you know, about trying to connect uh, with with other people and with uh, trying to 
you know, uh, come out of years of just not really feeling anything and, mm -hmm. you know, finally finding that thing that helps you to connect with, with, with the world, with life, with yourself. And, uh, and again, big themes for him to, uh, to reach for, but I mean, that is definitely where he's going for with this. And, you know, again, I think that really, you know, speaks to the generational thing again, because that is yeah. such a, such a big thing with, with this particular generation. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It it feels related. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, what do you get next? All right. My next one is a very weird one scene puzzle piece. Um, okay. The way the pool sh scene is shot when he's talking to Sam, like, mm -hmm. it's a very sweet scene. It's a nice dialogue. Like, it it's exploring the characters, but, like, it kind of looks like wild things. <laughs> like it's so okay. foggy and like there's like faces half below the water. Like it's very uh, like, I don't, that's just what pool scenes like that make me think of. I don't, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> I feel like if the movie was more like wild things, maybe people's <laughs> hatred of it would be a little bit more founded, but, uh, <laughs> but, but no, uh, I think I could totally see what you're talking about though. With like, just like the kind of styling is, 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 way of his uh, cinematography in the scene yeah. and stuff like that it's just it that just it looks like it it doesn't feel like it, it doesn't sound like it but it just looks like it interesting <laughs> so it's like it's like a hipster wild thing yeah totally <laughs> <laughs> i like it awesome so next up i have and this is something that kind of surprised me in rewatching it because I didn't really remember this so much. And I guess I should have thought of it maybe with, with him coming off of Scrubs. It would have made <laughs> sense, you know, thinking about it that way. I was surprised how many like like sight and visual gags there were, especially yeah. in like the first like opening uh, uh, part of the movie, the first like probably 30, 40 minutes. And then it kind of mm -hmm. gets a little more serious. But like, I just thought of slapsticky movies like, you know, like <laughs> The Naked Gun and other kind of spoofs like that, because there's a lot of just like weird little sight gags that are just yeah. like, I wouldn't really call them out of place because I do think they land really well, but they're, uh, they're just really weird and funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely that kind of vibe. Like, if the music was a little bit goofier, it, yeah. it is totally slapstick. It's just, it's a lot of weird stuff, a lot of weird stuff with dogs in particular. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love yeah, the stuff with that. the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, I actually, uh, some might be talking about, you know, the, the scene in the doctor's waiting room, but I actually, my favorite was with uh, the dogs when he first goes home to her house. And they're just oh, yeah. jumping up, jumping just on him, and the mom is just screaming at them. <laughs> Get off of him. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That was awesome. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> All right, so what do you got next? All right, my last piece is a truly ridiculous piece talking mm. about aiming super high. Um, it's also like I'm not going to claim to be super original in thinking of it. I know that he like has mentioned this about the scene. Um, is the scene with Sam when they're in front of the fireplace at Jesse's mansion. He, there's Well, there's a longer scene with all the other friends and then it ends with just him and Sam, but he actually mm. called the fireplace a Citizen Kane fireplace. 
Like, <laughs> wow. So uh, maybe, maybe I understand why people are not really into Zach Graff in this movie. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like we're getting like to something here. I, I mean, I yeah. don't this. I don't like the movie any less, but I feel like we're getting something. <laughs> oh, that's totally how I feel now. At this point, is I'm like, I get why you don't like it, but you can't make me change. <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely right. That's yeah. hilarious. Um, yeah. Yeah, I suppose I could see that uh, where where he was going for. I mean, yeah. that house is uh, pretty damn awesome. It, <laughs> it could use some furniture, though. For sure. Uh, <laughs> all right, so I'll go with my uh, final piece. And uh, specifically, I figured I'd bring up the Royal Tenenbaums, but also Wes Anderson in general. Um, mm. Of course, Wes Anderson was only a few films in at this point, so... Uh, you know, any of his later stuff, I couldn't really bring into it. Uh, but Royal Tenenbaums especially, just a lot of the weird, um, uh, you know, cinematography stuff with like, uh, you know, a lot of symmetrical shots and and then uh, things like the the shirt being made out of the wallpaper, you know, and, and th- yeah. things, things like that that are just, again, they kind of go into that last puzzle piece of like visual gags, but um, they're just like these little dry little bits of, mm. of uh, really a filmmaking that... Uh, add to the overall thing and and make it funnier and make it just more interesting, more stuff to to really really find and look for in the movie. Yeah. And uh, and I like that. I like when there's like little things like that. Yeah, I feel like it keeps you engaged. And um, we're a generation that doesn't pay attention to anything, so <laughs> that, it's, it's helpful. Uh, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, why don't we go ahead and do the finished puzzle, and then we'll get into some movies that we think Garden State itself may have inspired. Uh, finished puzzle includes The Graduate, Dazed and Confused, Harold and Maude. Annie Hall, rap soundtracks of the late 90s, American Beauty, Wild Things, slapstick movies like The Naked Gun, Citizen Kane, and Wes Anderson movies, or more specifically, The Royal Tenenbaums. So, uh, yeah, why don't we get into some movies, because this came out in 2004. It was, mm-hmm. like, like I said earlier, I mean, it was kind of like the height of this particular well i shouldn't say the height more like the the onset of this specific kind of feeling in pop culture and mm-hmm. you know hipsterness and all that kind of thing <laughs> and so it, it was i think a pretty damn influential movie um what, what do you have for uh some things you think it might have inspired uh well we we talked about it before elizabeth town is for sure cameron crowe saw garden state and was like i could do this better i'm a way yeah. better filmmaker and uh turns out he could not do it better right that's he, right he made a hollow feelingless version of the movie <laughs> he, he might have started the whole zach braff sucks thing just yeah, uh, he in retaliation you know? yeah <laughs> yeah no that that movie i was super super primed for it and i was sitting there in the theater and I loved Orlando Bloom and I loved Kirsten Dunst and I loved Garden State. And I was like, let's do this. And I remember walking out of the theater being like, wow, that was awful. Like, yeah, how? How could it be so bad when it looked no, so good? No, for sure. Absolutely. So disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> and I watched it again for this and it is still trash. <laughs> yeah, I can't even. I, I After I watched uh, Almost Famous like last year, I was thinking about going back and watching that. And then I was just like, nah, oh. why, why bother? Oh. It's so bad. Mm. Uh, so I was going to bring up, I, I've got a few here, uh, so we'll jump back and forth a little if you have some more, but uh, yeah. 
first one that kind of came to mind was Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, um, which I just kind of felt it had a really similar vibe to this. Um, You know, just a a bunch of young people who just kind of, you know, they're they're really not sure of how to... uh, you know, process the the moving forward into this next phase of life, and they're you know connecting to each other in a way, and uh, also more more soundtracks, which will come <laughs> up in more of the things I'm going to bring up. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's just a, a general feeling to that movie that really reminds me of it. Nice, I like that. You have uh, any others? I do. Um, I have Five Hundred Days of Summer. That. I would say goes right along with it. I think you could draw a line <laughs> right, with, uh, yeah, this movie, uh, 500 Days of Summer and Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. I think yeah. they could go right together. It, it's right there. 500 Days of Summer is sort of like the, 500 Days of Summer reminds me of Fight Club in a way that you could watch <laughs> it and have no idea what the point of it was and still sure. like the movie. Um. Like you could watch Fight Club and be like, oh man, they're crazy and not right. get that it's a satire at all. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that concerns me for, for those humans. But you could also watch 500 Days of Summer and, and not understand what this is supposed to point out about uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character who's from New Jersey, who loves to graduate. Uh, mm-hmm. Jeffrey Arend is in this movie uh, as well as Garden State. Their meet cute is bonding over a band playing in headphones, the Shins versus the Smiths. Um, there you go. Yeah, it's uh, it's all there, and um, it's actually a great movie. <laughs> you know, I'm actually sitting here wondering because I haven't seen it since opening weekends at the theater when it first came out, and I'm trying to remember what the underlying thing is, and we'll just have to save that conversation for another oh, time. Like what the so thing that some people might have missed. Yeah, <laughs> so totally yeah. worth a rewatch. Okay, I'm gonna have to go back to that one. Yeah. All right, so uh, next one I was going to bring up, uh, th- this is kind of uh, almost silly to even say, but uh, the A24 thing, uh, you know, <laughs> the, the thing that is A24 movies other than their horror ones, but, um, it, you know, it's just like these these big, hard on their sleeves, you know, young people just living life and connecting and with big, amazing soundtracks and, you know, and I, I, I feel like it's gotten itself a little bit of a backlash in recent years, but... Um, mm-hmm. You know, they just distribute some really incredible movies, and a lot of them, I think, feel like they could, like, you know, fit into this kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a thing uh, online where people make fun of, you know, people saying, oh, have you seen this movie? It has an A24 vibe. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but Garden State has an A24 vibe. It I does. don't care what anybody it says. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what do you got next? Um, so I also thought of, admittedly, I did not see this movie. I remember the poster. I watched the trailer and, um, it, it fits with actually, especially one of our pieces before is meet Bill, that Aaron Eckhart movie with Elizabeth Banks, where he's basically like literally the poster is he's wearing a shirt that matches the wallpaper, which yeah, that's true. like, come on, man, that's a bold move. (laughs) So there's yeah. that, but then it is sort of like an American beauty version of Garden State. Like it, sure. it is like, oh, I'm not happy with my relationship. How am I going to fix this? Like, what do I do? How do I wake up? And like, he's learning from like, I don't know, kids who are like interning with him or something weird. I don't know. I couldn't give that to my time, but 
it's definitely um, stealing some pages from the Garden State book for sure. Totally. Uh, and I hadn't thought of this beforehand, but that that one just kind of makes me think of Juno, which also uh. I think would fit into that same kind of a mold, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, but the next one that I did have written down, and again, I'm going to bring up the soundtrack one more time, uh, <laughs> and that is the Twilight movies, which also were uh, kind of uh, launching grounds for just uh, an incredible amount of bands during that moment in time, yeah. you know? And uh, I don't think I saw all the Twilight movies. I saw one or two, and they're... I, don't understand them at all <laughs> but uh but certainly the the approach to um uh to to building a movie out of a moment and out of out of mm -hmm. a certain kind of sound that really connects with the target audience yeah totally right yeah right on you have any others that you wanted to bring up um so i have two more that go together and that are also they feel like they're cheating um but sure. they're the last kiss and wish you were here other movies that zach braff directed Okay. Um, so I believe the last kiss is like a French remake and it's like garden state. If they fought all the time, um, okay. it's sort of a twist on like our manic pixie dream girl. Cause Rachel Bilson is that character and she's actually a problem rather than a solution, mm. um, which is interesting. But like the soundtrack is still awesome. Like he, he did it again where he just was like, here's a mixtape for this movie. Um, sure. soundtrack's better than the movie. The movie is okay. And then, um, Wish You Were Here kind of goes hand in hand with it because it's basically Garden State with Kid. Mm -hmm. um, he's a struggling actor living in L.A. Um, there's He's throwing in, you know, again, uh, as he did in Garden State, like um, he's throwing in Judaism through like weaving it through character lessons and like as almost like a background motif, which is like yeah. an interesting move. Um, but yeah, that's happening there. He gets himself married to Kate Hudson this time instead of being with Natalie Portman. But it's the same thing. Like they yell just randomly just to like have feeling. Um, they're standing on top of things. Uh, it's quirky. It's weird. It's uh, it's literally Garden State with kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually was scared off by all the bad reviews that his future movies got and i never saw any of them yeah i donated to the wish you were here wow. kickstarter so oh wow oh yeah i was that girl i was so into it um wow i'm remembering that out. now yeah. i'm remembering that now that he did a kickstarter that was part of the reason people didn't like him too that yeah Zach he Braff totally did a kickstarter. kickstarter for that and he had um sheldon in it uh, mm -hmm. what is his name uh, <laughs> it's God. terrible I can't think of his name <laughs> like the richest man in television now yeah um, I don't even know but yeah he is. was he was like in the kickstarter is like hey I launched your career and you you know you're doing great now and it's sort of like why why do people have to give you money to make this movie you've made movies before you're not a first time director you're a successful television actor but That's did weird. I give him 10 bucks you bet I did <laughs> let's be honest here we we would have at the theater we would have we would have on dvd right? we would have in some way or another i think i prepaid for that movie and yeah. then i got it on netflix like years later and was mad while i watched it no shame no shame anyone <laughs> no shame <laughs> uh all right yeah that that's all uh, the ones that i had but you know i'm sure there's others that could be uh pointed to but um do you have any closing thoughts on garden state um really just kind of 
having grown up now and seen so many movies, um, movies that inspired this movie, movies that were inspired by this movie, just other things, having more life experiences, mm-hmm. I am so glad I saw it when I did because it, w- it wouldn't have hit the same later. It hit me right at the time to like emotionally connect with it. And, um, you know, anybody else who I talk to who loves the movie, I'm like, okay, I kind of get where you were at emotionally in 2004. Um, you know, it's just, that's all that means to me. It's not like, oh, well you have great taste in movies or, oh, you have terrible taste in movies. It's, it really is like an age marker because it just doesn't work any other way. I really think that is absolutely right. I was thinking that while I was watching it, I was like, you know, and of course there's some people our age who have, you know, joined on, you know, the bandwagon of not liking him and not liking this movie. But, uh, I think though that there is definitely a really a really large group of people our age that just, you know, they, they were in a, the right place at the right time for this movie mm-hmm. to really speak to them. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I tend to not abandon things <laughs> that I liked yeah. at one point, you know, if I yeah. liked it, there was probably a reason I liked it. And oh, yeah. I, you know, it's hard to imagine not liking something later on down the road. And there's some things you grow out of, but uh, I, I still thought this movie held up pretty damn well. Um, and, Last final thought, something that we haven't mentioned the whole time, but uh, Peter Sarsgaard rules. Oh, um, he's so, so good. good. He's so good. <laughs> he's so freaking good in this movie, and he's good in so many things. But yeah, uh, yeah I just I just wanted to give him a quick shout out because he's so good. Yeah, he's he's absolutely <laughs> fantastic in it to the point where like if I see him in other movies, I'm like, what? What is Mark doing? Like he's yeah, just right? so Mark to me that I forget <laughs> he's a human with a life. That's awesome. so uh lady one while you're uh sitting around being quarantined uh is there another movie you watched recently that you'd like to recommend to our listeners oh my gosh i've watched so many movies recently truly that's like almost all i'm doing um but i did watch a ghost story for the first time a couple weeks ago uh casey affleck rooney mara if you have not seen that movie watch it with the subtitles on I cannot say that strongly enough. It's it's a really, really well-shot movie. It's beautiful. It's quiet. It's weird. But you have to have the subtitles on. If you don't, you're missing everything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now I'm thinking about rewatching it. Well, you know what? I'm trying to remember if I did watch it with the subtitles last time. Because when I, I watch, watch things at home. Yeah, usually I do at home. I usually watch everything with the subtitles. So I must have. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I love that movie. It's oh, so good. It was so good. Fantastic. Haunting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, where can people find you and uh, all the cool stuff you do? <laughs> so I am the co-host on Screen Fix Podcast. We fix what was recent movies. We're trying to figure out what we do now. Um, <laughs> but our latest episode is on The Invisible Man. Uh, we fixed that one, uh, the Elizabeth Moss movie. Um we kind of give ideas for how the movie could change with character development, maybe a filling in a plot hole, something like that. Sometimes we just get crazy and change the whole movie. So <laughs> you can uh, listen to our show anywhere you find podcasts. Then you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ScreenFixPod. 
Beautiful. Well, thank you as always for being here. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad we were able to fill up uh, a little bit of, of our days with this. Um, yeah. It, it Plus was, I spent hours fun. watching movies to get ready for this. This was there great. There you go. Yeah. You, you came up with a nice little list there of movies that you actually went and watched all of them. That's yes. awesome. That's like great A right there. So. <laughs> right on. Well, thanks so much as always. Awesome. Thank you. Sound and Vision is the name with movie trivia being the game. The theme-based weekly wonder where you, yes, you the listener, can play along by guessing the films we're throwing at you by deciphering our cryptic clues. Join us while we break down movies in a way that only me and my weekly guests can. Come and find us on all platforms which podcasts are available and get your pop culture fit. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation with the Lady One from Screen Fix Podcast. Seriously, it's a great podcast. You guys should go check out her show. Uh, I think I'm going to be on it again sometime soon, so make sure you check it out. And speaking of me being on podcasts, uh, check out A Lifetime of Hallmark podcast, which is uh, a fun show about uh, Lifetime movies and Hallmark movies and those kind of things. And I was just recently this past week uh, on there talking about one of my favorite movies of 2020, which is an incredibly terrible Lifetime movie that went under three different names, Designed to Kill, Fatal Fashion, and Deadly Runway is just the room level ridiculous and uh i i I introduced these guys to this movie and we had a great conversation about it so go check that out as well lots of great podcasts for you guys to check out out there while you're stuck at home doing whatever the hell it is you're doing uh hopefully watching lots of movies and listening to lots of podcasts so as always, I want to remind you to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Uh, follow us on social media at PiecingPod and join the Facebook group Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. I also wanted to mention real quick before we get going here, uh, on my, my Facebook memories uh, just yesterday... It reminded me that, so I'm recording this on April 9th, so this was April 8th was yesterday. It reminded me that one year ago, I posted a screenshot of the fact that Piecing It Together had just hit 5,000 downloads, and I was celebrating that, and it was amazing that we had hit 5,000 downloads. And now, a year later... We're at 27,000 downloads, and that is just incredible, and I just want to thank you all who have been out there listening to the show. Uh, we're going through some crazy times right now, but I'm going to continue recording these, and we have so much planned. We have a whole bunch uh, already recorded, ready to go up, and... You know, I'm just going to keep doing this because I do love doing it, and I love watching movies, I love talking about movies, and I love making podcasts. So thank you out there so much for listening. Uh, we want to continue to make this the best show it could be. So do get in touch and let us know what you're thinking of it. If you want to be on an episode, get in touch with me. I'm always looking for new co-hosts. And uh, again, just thank you so much for listening. 
So let's leave you guys with a piece of music as we always do. And again, I'm going to play a track off of Beater, the original motion picture soundtrack, which is my most recent album. It just came out last month. And this is a track. It was the closing credits music from a short film called To Cherish the Time. The track, of course, is To Cherish the Time. And it is included on this Beater album. And I, I don't know, I feel like this would um, possibly fit with the, the kind of indie alt rock kind of feel of Garden State a little bit. So why not, uh, why not include this one as our closing track for this particular episode of the show? So enjoy this and we will be back with more Piecing It Together next week.
and All Points West. Thank you.